Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thank you so much for spending some of your time with me today as we dive into a science-based episode, more about the human body and how it works, because we've spent a lot of time in the last couple of weeks talking about our minds and how to really get those working in our favor, which I think is so important. You guys know I love the science stuff, the hormones, the metabolism. We're going to be talking today about the microbiome. It's all great. It's all fascinating. But it means nothing if we are not consistently implementing what we know. If we are not consistently acting in accordance with the strategies that are going to have our bodies work for us instead of against us. And our ability to be consistent, our ability to implement what we learn really is about our mindset. That's why we talk so much about the way we think, how we make decisions, creating motivation, getting yourself out of a funk. Because no matter how much we talk about the science and the hormones and the biochemistry and the metabolism, doesn't matter at all if your mind is not in the right place to consistently use what you know. That's why we talk about mindset so much. I think it's super, super important. But I also think the science is important. And one thing that I've talked about on the show before, and I'll link to those past episodes over in the show notes at primalpotential.com, is the microbiome, our bacterial makeup. This is so critically important, and I'm talking about it today because I think most of us do not realize just how major it is and what a massive impact it has on our appetite, our satiety, our cravings, our body composition, our ability to burn fat, or our likelihood of storing fat. So much of that is influenced in a major way by our bacterial makeup, our microbiome, and there is so much we can do to influence if our bacterial makeup is working for us or against us. So we are diving into that today. When we look at the cells in our body, there are far more bacterial cells than human cells. So we are basically more bacteria than we are human. 90% of the cells in our body approximately are microbes and bacteria that collectively make up what is the microbiome. And our microbiome basically determines how healthy we are, how fit we are, how lean we are. And when we approach something like losing weight from the perspective of simply eat less, move more, 
We are overlooking that no matter what we do, even if we're eating really well, if we are not eating and living in a way that supports our microbiome, we can be set up for more cravings, more hunger, less satiety, more fat storage than if we work with our microbiome. And when we are working with our microbiome and avoiding doing damage and setting it up for success, we naturally will burn more fat. We naturally will store less fat. We naturally will experience less hunger and fewer cravings. And that is what we are talking about today. Most of us understand that our genetic makeup has a huge role in our health. Everything from the way we look, the color of our hair, but the way our bodies operate. And if we are healthy or if we are unhealthy, so much of that has to do with our genes, right? We have about 22,000 human genes, each one of us, which is a lot, and there's a ton of information written on those genes. But we have about 150 times more bacterial genes than we do human genes, There is a ratio of about 150 to 1 bacterial genes to human genes in each of us. While we have about 22,000 human genes in our bodies, we have about 3.3 million bacterial genes. And most of us are not paying any attention, or certainly enough attention, to our microbiome, our bacterial makeup. This is something I talked about way, way, way back in episode 48, way before even we hit 50 episodes. I used to, actually, I wasn't talking specifically about the microbiome in that episode. What I was talking about is epigenetics. Epigenetics. This is something I focused on a lot before I started Primal. When I worked for a supplement company, uh, we had a genetic screening product, if you will. It looked at what is written on your genes, but then it educated, based on what is written on your genes, this particular product educated people about how to optimize epigenetics or genetic expression. So I spent a lot of my career talking about the things that influence the expression of our genes, how we can have a gene for something, but our lifestyle, our diet, stress, sleep, etc., can turn that gene on or off, can turn that gene expression up or down. That is called epigenetics, basically the way we influence the expression of our genes. So it's not just, oh, it's my genes, I'm stuck with it. No, we have a tremendous ability to influence the expression of the genes, to turn genetic signaling on or off, up or down. And one of the ways that we influence our genetic expression is through the microbiome, those bacterium in our body. They can turn gene expression on or off. They can turn gene expression up or down. And that is incredibly powerful. The big picture that I want everyone going into this episode understanding is that our microbiome is largely within our control. We influence it. And the status of our microbiome, the creation of our microbiome, the way we influence our microbiome has a dramatic influence on our health, our body composition, our mood, our energy, our everything. 
we can make choices that support the microbiome and therefore accelerate weight loss, make our metabolisms more efficient, making us better fat burners, decrease hunger and cravings, improve immunity, sleep better, improve mood. And that is what we are talking about today, how we optimize for a healthy microbiome that sets us up for success and how we avoid the choices that damage the microbiome or create a bacterial environment that works against us, that sets us up to store fat no matter what we're eating, that sets us up to have more hunger and more cravings and less satiety, more volatile mood, more insulin resistance, how we avoid those things. And I want to blow your mind with some science because I love this stuff. The lifespan of a microbe, these cells that make up our larger microbiome, the lifespan of a microbe is only about 20 minutes, which means it's changing very, very fast. The amazing thing about that is that you can create dramatic differences in your health, in your body's ability to take care of you, very, very quickly. But that cuts both ways, right? In just a matter of days or weeks, you can do a lot of damage to your microbiome that will influence fat storage, that will influence mood and immunity and energy and metabolism. But also, within a matter of days and certainly in a matter of weeks, you can make massive changes to your microbiome in a way that sets you up to burn more fat and burn fat more efficiently and experience less hunger and fewer cravings because that lifespan of a microbe is only about 20 minutes, rapidly changing, which means our ability to create positive change can happen very quickly, which I find super encouraging. We talk a lot on the show about hormones, right? How hormones run the show. They influence everything, our focus, our cognitive capacities, appetite, mood, body composition, sleep, immunity. Well, what is it that's influencing the hormones, right? If the hormones influence all of those things so significantly, what kinds of factors influence our hormones? And the answer is bacteria, the microbiome. Just an example of this impact. The bacterial strain H. pylori has a massive impact on the hormones ghrelin and leptin. And ghrelin and leptin are the hormones that influence hunger and satiety. So H. pylori has a huge impact on if you feel hungry, how quickly hunger returns, how satisfied you are or not after a meal. And one thing we're seeing with the overabundance of antibiotics, how they're prescribed like crazy for everything, is that people have less and less of this bacterial strain H. pylori, and therefore people are experiencing more hunger and experiencing hunger more frequently, and experiencing less satiety, independent of how much food they are eating. Fortunately, this is changeable, and it's something that is changeable pretty quickly. We have a dramatic influence over it, in part because of the short lifespan of these bacteria. Little side note, random tidbit here that I've shared before, but it's worth mentioning again since I just mentioned antibiotics. Antibiotics are used in farm animals 
more often to fatten up the farm animals than they are used to actually treat bacterial infections. So that just gives you a sense of what these bacteria are really capable of doing for us and, of course, against us. This is not going to be an episode about probiotics in terms of supplementing with bugs in a bottle, right? Bugs in a pill, bugs in a drink. But you can go back to episode 55 for more on that. This is going to be more of a dietary episode, but I do talk about probiotics and probiotic supplementation in episode 55, and I will link to that over in the show notes. Realistically, though, we're going to get more bang for our buck with the strategies I'm talking about today. But if you have questions about probiotic supplementation, episode 55 is a good place to go for that. The microbiome. And the influence of the microbiome on body weight and body composition is very powerful, very powerful. It can change body weight and body composition independent of diet. We have seen a number of studies where bacterial composition is adjusted either through supplementation or fecal transplant. Yes, that is exactly what it sounds like. Fecal transplanting, transplanting fecal matter, because that's where a lot of these bugs reside, is in our fecal matter, our stool. When those changes are made, when only bacterial composition is adjusted, body weight and body composition changes. So this is not going to be an episode about fecal transplants, and you can Google that and learn more. Good luck. Uh, It's an intense topic. The good news is we can make those kinds of adjustments without extreme measures like fecal transplants by simply minimizing the damage we're doing to our microbiome. And then once we've done that and once we're doing that consistently and we're not constantly creating damage there, making sure that we are fostering a healthy microbiome. The bacteria in our body, which we know outnumbers are human cells, these bacteria, they're living things, and they feed on what we feed on. So the food we eat feeds the bacteria in our bodies. And there are certain foods that feed good bacteria, and there are certain things we eat that really allow these bad bacteria to thrive. And so what we are eating really determines if we are fueling the good guys that help us stay lean and positive and happy and healthy, or if we're fueling the bad guys that impact our mood in a negative way, that impact our metabolism in a negative way, that cause us to store more fat and experience more hunger and more cravings, etc. The other thing that the food we eat influences is when we're talking about are we feeding the good bacteria or the bad bacteria, and I know those are real generic ways of thinking about it, good versus bad, and it is definitely more nuanced than that. But what we are eating and what it is feeding determines how and how much of the calories are extracted from the food that we eat. So there are some bacteria that are going to really extract more fuel from the food we eat, and there are other bacteria that are going to extract less of the calories from the food we eat. And it's not just about calories, it's also about the nutrients. 
Are the bacteria able to access the nutrients in the food we are eating or not? This is a huge part of how bacteria actually regulate our metabolisms, and they do. Our bacteria regulate our metabolisms, and they do this because they are consuming the food that we are eating as it is fueling our bodies. Yeah, it's fueling the things we normally think about in terms of keeping us moving and keeping us breathing and keeping us blinking and thinking, but it's also fueling the trillions of bacterial cells in our bodies. Different types of bacteria metabolize the food we eat differently. So they can draw out more of the calories from the food or less of the calories from the food, more of the nutrients from the food or less of the nutrients from the food. And that is why I'm talking about these things so we don't just approach weight loss or improving body composition from the standpoint of eating less and exercising more. That's not ideal. We want to work with our bodies so that our microbiome can do its job and work with us to keep us lean and healthy so that our hormones are balanced and doing their jobs to help us stay fit and lean and healthy with fewer cravings and less hunger and better mood and all of that. Because our biome is so changeable, we can therefore really change our metabolisms and our metabolic efficiency and change it very, very fast. Because our microbiome has such a huge impact on hunger and cravings, we can dramatically change our experience of hunger and our cravings, not only the frequency of our cravings, but what we are craving, and we can do so pretty quickly. So I want to shift gears here and talk about How? All right, what do we need to do to get our microbiome working in our favor? And again, we're going to do this without talking about fecal transplants, but if you are curious about that and want to understand the science, there are a lot of great resources out there, but I think there is a simpler, less invasive, less bizarre approach, and that's what we're going to talk about today. One of the strategies One of the things that we can consume that helps to get our microbiome working in our favor and improving our metabolic efficiency is short-chain fatty acids. You've heard me talk about this before when I talk about things like bulletproof coffee, because one of the components of bulletproof coffee, the grass-fed butter, contains butyrate. A lot of the reason that we put butter in coffee is to get the benefits of that short-chain fatty acid known as butyrate. Now, butyrate's in a lot of different places, but it is in butter, and that's why it's included in Bulletproof Coffee. That does not, however, mean that we need to start eating sticks of butter. And the reason it doesn't mean that is because our bodies are straight-up freaking brilliant. Short-chain fatty acids aren't just something we need to consume, right? We don't need to say, okay, well, what what has short-chain fatty acids in it? What has butyrate in it? I need to eat all of that. Our bodies can actually manufacture short-chain fatty acids without us consuming them. And our bodies do that, but they only do that under certain conditions. So the bacteria in your microbiome produce short-chain fatty acids, they generate it as a byproduct of metabolizing oligosaccharides. 
oligosaccharides, just big, long word that is just simply a type of carbohydrate found in certain vegetables. Those vegetables include asparagus, onions, leeks, artichoke hearts, jicama. Have you ever had jicama? Jicama is so good. I'll tell you about jicama in a second. But back to oligosaccharides. When, remember, your bacteria eat the food you eat, and so the f- certain foods ser- uh, feed certain bacteria, when you eat these oligosaccharides from the foods I just mentioned, your bacteria eat them. And as a byproduct of metabolizing these oligosaccharides, your bacteria produce short-chain fatty acids, even though you didn't eat them. It's just the byproduct of the metabolism of oligosaccharides. So again, and I will uh, put more info in the show notes over on primalpotential.com, when we're looking for oligosaccharides, how can I feed those to my bacteria so that they will produce these short-chain fatty acids? Asparagus is a great one. Onions, leeks, artichokes, jicama. Jicama is one that you probably haven't heard of or haven't eaten as much of. So you can buy it. It it looks kind of like a like a root vegetable. I like to peel it and chop it up so that it looks like french fries, although I have no knife skills whatsoever, so I don't really care what they look like. But I will um, put a little bit of butter on them and sprinkle them with salt and maybe cayenne pepper, bake them in the oven, and consider them like jicama french fries. Jicama is not quite like a potato because it's a little more watery and less starchy which is a good thing from a fat loss perspective. And obviously, it's a good thing from a fat loss perspective because of the oligosaccharides. Getting off on an aside here about jicama, but I like jicama. It's texturally more like water chestnut than potato. If you've ever had water chestnut, like it's clearly very watery, but it's also crisp. Uh, Jicama is like that, but I love baking it for jicama fries. And also, one of the things I found on Thrive Market is Jicama chips. Now, granted, anything that comes in a bag is not as good of a choice as getting the real whole jicama. And you can um, also shred it and do like a jicama coleslaw, which I love, love, love. So that would be a raw preparation. And eating the real thing is always going to be a better choice than getting something that's more processed and served in a bag. But with that said, I'm all about moderation and not perfection. Screw perfection. It's not for me. Anyway, Thrive Market sells these jicama chips if you want something crunchy. I have only tried the sea salt flavor. I really liked them and I love salt, but they're crunchy. And you're getting these oligosaccharides that your bacteria feed on. When they feed on these oligosaccharides, you produce, the bacteria produce short-chain fatty acids as a byproduct. I will say, if you're going to try out these jicama chips, you can get them on Thrive Market. That is where they are by far the cheapest. And if you go through, as I've told you before, the URL thrivemarket.com forward slash primal potential. You will also save an extra 25% on your first order. One of the things I like about this is just easy if you want something like to keep in the car or to travel with because you're not going to be traveling with a whole jicama or with jicama slaw or with jicama fries. But these jicama potato chips are a great option. And I like to have a tool of a, a, a stash of things that are crunchy and I am less likely to overeat these jicama chips than, say, salted cashews, for example. All right. So back to butyrate. The reason these oligosaccharides matter 
one reason they matter, I guess I should say, is that when your bacteria feed off of them, the byproduct of that metabolism is these short-chain fatty acids. Butyrate is one of them, and it is straight-up good stuff. One of the things that butyrate does is improves your responsiveness to insulin, which is critical. It is critical for health overall. It is absolutely critical for energy and for fat loss. Butyrate also reduces inflammation. And one of the things that really harms our microbiome and our bacteria's ability to work with us and keep us healthy, one of the things that harms that is inflammation. So butyrate reduces inflammation. And it helps you burn more fat by improving your body's ability to use fat as fuel, which is a result of improving your insulin responsiveness. So again, those veggies, and they're not the only ones, but to name a few that contain oligosaccharides, asparagus, onions, leeks, artichokes, jicama, 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 I love that word, Hickam fries, try them out. Let me know what you think. You can Google the recipe. Don't ask me how long to bake them for. I don't know. I don't follow recipes, but Google is brilliant at giving you millions of options. All right. Now, I hate the phrase superfoods because it sort of implies that there's something that's magic. No matter what you do, it's going to do something good for your health. And that's just not true, right? Any benefit from any food requires an operating system, a consistency in avoiding foods that do damage, and then not just sprinkling in these superfoods because they're magical and you feel like a you know superstar when you're having a turmeric smoothie or something like that. No, it requires an operating system of consistently avoiding foods that do harm and then consistently consuming foods that add benefit. So I'm not going to be referring to superfoods here, but I am going to be mentioning certain foods by name. Just keep in mind that none of it matters if you aren't doing it consistently and none of it matters if you're constantly doing damage with things like processed foods and trans fats and lots of sugar and artificial this, that, and the other things. So just want to make sure we are all on the same page there. The strategy for your microbiome is so much more than just eat fermented veggies, right? That's that's not enough. The biggest part of allowing your microbiome to work in your favor and not work against you is knowing what to avoid and avoiding it most of the time. We don't have to be perfectionists, but I've used before, and if you go back and listen to those episodes I referenced earlier, I've used this analogy before that it doesn't matter if you have the best plant food in the world that you're putting on your plant if you're also spraying your plant with rat poison and you have it laying you know, in a dark room without any sun or any water. That's how a lot of people approach the microbiome. It's like we're constantly putting toxins into our system, but we feel a little bit better when we're taking a probiotic or having some kimchi or sauerkraut. That's not the way it works, right? So I want to talk for a few minutes about the things that we want to avoid. In the last episode, I talked about the doctor's credo of first do no harm. That really is the same approach I want you to have when it comes to your microbiome. Not that you have to be perfect, but instead of do no harm, think do way less harm. And the things that really harm our microbiome are sugar, soy, gluten, 
Artificial colors, preservatives, trans fats, and for many of us, which might surprise you, dairy. Because a lot of people think, oh, yogurt, yeah, that's great, probiotics, hurrah, hurrah. But it can cause inflammation in a lot of people, and therefore it does more damage. Now, not everyone is sensitive to dairy, but having less is probably going to be a better option than having more for almost all of us for almost all of us. So again, this does not mean you can never have sugar and you can never have soy, but do less harm. You don't need to worry about probiotic supplements or kimchi or sauerkraut or jicama if you are consistently consuming sugar, soy, gluten, dairy, artificial colors, preservatives, and trans fats. Do less harm. Consume fewer of those things. There is a book called The Microbiome Diet. It is by Raphael Kelman. I will link to it over in the show notes. What this book does, in addition to really educating you about the microbiome if you are interested, but it has a phased approach. And I don't think this phased approach is necessary for everybody, but it certainly can benefit people. And it might be good for somebody who is really struggling with bacterial imbalance. The phased approach has, of course, an elimination phase and then sort of a re-inoculation phase and then a forever phase. Again, the book is called The Microbiome Diet. I will link to it over in the show notes so you know you're getting the right one because there are a kajillion books on the microbiome. I want to just give my two cents on these notions of elimination diets. First and foremost, it won't hurt anybody. Right. So I don't think there's any reason for someone to not do an elimination diet if they have that desire. But I also think that it's not the only way. So for some people, it might be the best way to cut out all of those trigger things for a short period of time to allow your microbiome to heal a little bit. But for many of us, we can get tremendous benefit from doing less damage. Think about it this way, and I kind of apologize for the graphic analogy that might make you cringe a little bit, but let's say you have this big cut on your arm, and it's trying to scab over and heal, but you keep picking at it, preventing it from healing. Picking at it less is certainly good, and that will help for sure. But it's still not going to heal as well as it could if you stop picking at it altogether. Optimally, you want to stop picking at it entirely so it can heal entirely. But picking at it less is certainly better than picking at it as much as you are now. And I think the same is true with our gut. For most of us, we can just irritate it less and see a lot of benefit. For, for some people, though, you might want to or you might really benefit from a more strict approach to this, I shy away in my own life, for my own body, I shy away from strict regimens because in everything I do, I want it to be something that I can do and sustain with ever, forever. And I have a long history of yo-yo dieting. And so I don't like the approach of on versus off because it's just it doesn't work best for me. But I will say that if you are somebody that's like, no, 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 my gut needs to heal and I have serious work to do, then I think the Microbiome Diet uh, by Raphael Kelman is a great place to start. For all of us, though, do less damage is a very valid approach. 
avoiding minimizing the things that do damage. Then and only then does it make sense to be like, oh, yeah, sauerkraut. I hear that's good for you. Because it's like having that plant and spraying it with rat poison, then giving it, you know, insert plant food name. I don't do plants. Do less damage first and foremost. Fermented foods are great. Kimchi, sauerkraut, any fermented vegetable. But again, if you're still causing harm all the time, it doesn't make a flip bit of difference. If your grocery store does not sell things like kimchi or sauerkraut, maybe you don't have a Whole Foods near you or you think Whole Foods is way too expensive. It is very expensive. Thrive Market has some very affordable options. Uh, They have a sauerkraut, uh, organic brand is Eden Foods that'll ship right to your door. It's very affordable. And when you go through thrivemarket.com forward slash primal potential, you get free shipping on that first order and you save an additional 25%. Other foods that are great for your microbiome if you personally tolerate them, like if you don't have a nightshade sensitivity, for example, tomatoes, garlic, carrots. The reason they are good is because they are fuel for the bacteria that you want to cultivate more of. Another thing that's really important for that act of cultivating the good bacteria, not feeding the bad bacteria, is making sure you're getting a good ratio of omega-3s to omega-6s. When I say that, Most people think, oh, I need an omega-3 supplement. Just like do less harm, this is really not about omega-3s, but it is more about the ratio of omega-3s to omega-6s. So what I would rather have you focus on is reducing your consumption of omega-6s, reducing processed foods, which are loaded largely with omega-6 fatty acids, getting rid of trans fats, right? Staying away from crop oils, which are most of your bottled oils in a grocery store. Um, Extra virgin olive oil is an exception there. But we want to reduce those before we say, oh, yeah, omega-3s. But when you have reduced the omega-6s, one of my favorite ways to get omega-3s, walnuts. I get my nuts through Thrive Market. This is this is not like, oh, my gosh, all she says is Thrive Market. I actually do buy a lot of these, most of these things through there because it's so much cheaper. I think nuts are really expensive, and I'm not going to spend $10 on a bag of walnuts at Whole Foods when I can spend $6 on Thrive. Like, I'm, I pick up pennies off the ground. So, yeah, um, I get my nuts through Thrive Market. Uh, I also get my canned salmon from there, which is another way to increase your omega-3 consumption, which supports your microbiome. The Thrive Market brand canned salmon is not only non-GMO, which is awesome. It's also wild caught. When I eat salmon, if I'm eating just a salmon filet or salmon in most preparations, I want real whole salmon filets, not canned salmon. The exception where I eat canned salmon I think canned salmon makes better salmon cakes than fresh whole salmon does. That's why I get those cans because they're super easy. My favorite salmon cake recipe is the 21 Day Sugar Detox recipe. If you search recipe 21 Day Sugar Detox salmon cakes, it will come right up. So freaking budget friendly. So budget friendly. What I mean is very cheap meal to make. And the great thing about it is I'll make a ton of them. And before I cook them, I'll individually wrap them or I'll put them in Tupperware. I'll freeze them. And they're easy to just pull out and, you know, cook a few up when you want them. So that is a way to increase your omega-3 consumption. 
Why did I not talk about probiotics in this episode? Primarily because reducing damage matters way, way more. And I never want to be the person that's like, yeah, just go to vitamin shop and get this because that's not the way we live healthy lives. Do less harm, number one. And then the other reason is because I already did uh, in a previous episode, and I will link to that in the show notes. Two things I want to wrap up with. And the most important one is these free online live workshops I am hosting to kick off 2018. You pick the day and time that works best for you. There is an option on January 1st, January 2nd, and January 3rd. And we will be talking about creating a strategy for 2018 that you will actually stick to and not just be on board for a few days and then wish that you had another strategy or another plan or wonder what's wrong with yourself. So to register for those, space is limited, but they are free. They are live. They are online. Go to primalpotential.com forward slash Jan18. Primalpotential.com forward slash J-A-N-1-8. Register. Be there. Why would you not? It's free. And it's going to help you create a plan that works for you going into the new year with whatever your goals are. Primalpotential.com forward slash J-A-N-1-8. And I will link to that in the show notes. Last thing right now, Fat Loss Fast Track winter registration is now open. Our 12-week Fat Loss Fast Track kicks off on January 7th. 12 weeks of challenges, of coaching, of level up lectures, of journaling together, learning together kicks off on January 7th. All you need to do is go to primalpotential.com, hit the work with me tab, and the fat loss fast track is right there. I will also link to it over in the show notes for this episode. I hope you have a great day. Remember, do less harm, less sugar, right? Less processed food, less artificial colors and artificial flavors and all of that stuff, and more of those Hickama fries. Let me know what you think of them. Hickama slaw, too. Really good. Google will help you find some good recipes. Have a great day. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.